Welcome to the Postcard Academy, and thank you so much for subscribing to this show. I'm your host, Sarah Megatel, and today we will be talking all about Barcelona with my guest, Paulina Guzjoszczyk from Devour Tours. Paulina is a Polish expat who has lived in Spain for the last seven years, and in this episode, we talk about why she has made the capital of Catalonia her home. We'll also explain how Catalonia differs from the rest of Spain and why many people here actually want to form their own country. The Catalan city of Barcelona has eight UNESCO sites, beaches, mountains, a beautiful historic center, tons of restaurants, boutiques, there's art everywhere you look. There's something for everyone, which is why Barcelona is the third most visited city in all of Europe. There's actually been a backlash against the number of tourists, and so we will talk about why that is and what we can do to be responsible visitors to this city. Of course, we will talk about all the places you should eat, the foods you should try, where you should go out at night. I will share the names of all these places, many of them in Catalan, on postcardacademy.co, so don't worry about writing anything down. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Right now, I am reading slash listening to Fascism, A Warning by Madeleine Albright, who's an immigrant to the U.S., also former Secretary of State and U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., and in my opinion, an American hero. After spending a lot of the summer amongst old war sites in Bosnia, Germany, Poland, Italy, I often find myself wondering how a few men can cause so much damage to this world. Fascism, a warning, offers a good examination of this question. It's available as an audiobook on Audible, and if you are not a member yet, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial if you sign up via audibletrial.com postcard. This episode is also brought to you by World Nomads, where I go to get my travel insurance. If you're looking for travel insurance, head on over to postcardacademy.co slash insurance, and there you can find a handy calculator to get a cost estimate. Now into my conversation with Paulina. Welcome, Paulina. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. So you are a Polish expat living in Barcelona. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, in southern east, east Poland, like three hours from Krakow. Small town, small town. How did you end up in Barcelona? So after my university, I studied in Poland and I, I decided like to, okay, I need a new experience, new language, new people. Uh, and I actually, I chose Spain uh, to, because I, well, imagine like Poland is quite cold country, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want something totally different and I really liked um, Spanish language. So I thought that this will be a good option. So I did a volunteer project close to Barcelona, not exactly in Barcelona, but like 60 kilometers from here. And that was supposed to be only nine months. And it's been more than seven years already. Oh, wow. Here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> what was the volunteer project? Um, so my I studied actually special education. So I actually work with uh, special need kids. That, w- that was the volunteer project. Are you still doing yes. that kind of work now? Yes, yes. Part-time, part-time. Because I really like to, to work with these kids and I learn a lot. So, yeah, I still, not in the same project, but I, I have different stuff to do in Barcelona. Very nice. So did you visit Spain before moving there for that, that volunteer project? Never, never. <laughs> no. <laughs> never. You just had the idea that it was a nice sunny place that you wanted to spend some time in. Exactly. 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 
and actually that was there was a big surprise when I get to uh, get to the place because well I I used to be there like in a very small Catalan town and like even the Catalan people say that this is really really Catalan town you know what I mean <laughs> yes actually for people who aren't that familiar with Catalonia what is Catalonia and how does it relate to the rest of Spain Okay, so in Spain, we have 17 different regions. No, there are like states in United States. Uh, so every region is very different from another, uh, with different history, different background, culture, languages sometimes too. So Catalonia is one of the, of the regions, one of the states, with the capital city of Barcelona. But they're quite different in that they are fighting for their independence. Yes. In fact, I think this week yes. was Independence Day for that region. So what's the historical significance behind that day okay, and their so, desire for independence? Yes. So uh, the day is September 11. So when I say this actually to, to people from States, we have different meaning for that day. So uh, September 11 was the last day of the, of the War of Succession of Spain in 18th century, 1714. Okay, that was the fall of Barcelona. Uh, so uh, that was the day, actually, Catalan people say that that was the last day of the independence. In most of the history, uh, Catalonia was always a part of something bigger, you know, like Crown of Aragon or something, but still had much more independence, autonomy. Okay. Uh, and on the September 11, everything uh, finished and there was the... They lost uh, all the Catalan institutions and their independence laws. So everything changed. And yeah, so this is like uh, 300 years over that they are fighting for their independence, as they say. So right now, the language of that region is not Spanish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's Catalan. Catalan language. So... Uh, Catalan language actually is more similar to French or to Italian than really to Spanish. You can imagine like they were they are really fighting for for the uh, for the differences too. You no, know? like Catalan language, their traditions because they have really beautiful traditions. Because for like forty years or almost forty years, everything uh, was forbidden. So that's when Franco, the dictator. Was exactly. in charge of that region, and he forbid. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Everything what was like traditional in Catalonia or in Basque Country was prohibited. No, and people they were they were actually killed uh, because of speaking Catalan. You know, and it's it's quite sad. And this is a language. No, this is actually a very important thing to to mention. It's not a dialect of Spanish. It's it's language different. No, so they are really like fighting for the traditions, fighting for the regions. Uh, for for the for the language and for the region too, and yeah, now is the the question of the independence, right? So uh, there is many reasons uh, that they want to be independent. Um, so the historical one, uh, economical one, cultural one. Though, so could you break uh, that down a little bit? I find that so interesting. So both economic and culturally, why do they yes. want to separate? So economically, uh, Catalonia is one of the richest region of Spain. Yeah, we produce lots of lots of money, and we give them uh, to to the Spanish government in Madrid. Uh, but we don't take back so 
much money though so is this like, money from tourism or? yes it's a it's a big thing here mm-hmm. but also like barcelona for example it's a big uh, city that is a home of many many companies from many different countries that designing companies or i don't know lots of this stuff so this is also the money comes from this and then culturally culture yeah what yeah, are what very, are the dif- what are the traditions that they're yeah, how are they so, different and what do they want to hang on to? So yeah, like language, no, totally different. Then the traditions, traditions like uh, the things that they uh, they celebrate on the festivities, like uh, Castellers, the human towers, or like Correfoc, uh, that is really nice tradition with the connected with the fire. The music is different, the food is different. Uh, dances, traditional dances. So there is really, really lots, lots of traditions. You can imagine, like Spain, to compare to to states, it's it's quite small country, right? Mm-hmm. But every region is very, very different. I wouldn't say like there is something like Spanish culture because every region is so, so different than the other. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what are you? doing there in addition to working with kids with special needs i believe you were also giving tours yeah i uh, i'm a food tour guide uh, working for devour uh, devour is a company established in madrid and we have tours in several different cities in spain and we actually we take our guests and and we go to to the bars to the restaurants showing their them their the catalan or spanish culture through food and drinks import. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you more about that. Um, so you That's fun. Yeah. So you're Polish, so that yes. means that you can live and work in Spain because you're a member of the European Union? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Could you give us a visual snapshot of Barcelona? Where is it geographically and like what would the postcard look like? Okay, so Barcelona uh, is a port city, uh, so has a port to the Mediterranean Sea, uh, but it's like, so it's on the northern east part of Spain, yeah, Uh, we are very close to the border with France. And so we have the sea from the from the one side, and we have the Pyrenees mountains from the from the other side. So actually, it's pretty pretty good place to live here because we have everything here. <laughs> I think it's the third most visited city in Europe these days. You know, over the last year or so, there's been many stories of backlashes against tourists. Venice is a big city like that, but Barcelona is. To what is the um, what is the problem with tourism in Barcelona? And I guess what can we do to be better tourists when we go there? Tourists is starting from this. It's really important in Barcelona. You know, we we actually more, lots lots of people live from the tourism here, right? Uh, the problem is that this is really massive tourism, and actually I think like the government cannot uh, manage it well. You know, uh, it's not the problem of the of the number of tourists. Although there is lots of tourists, no? like last year, you can imagine in Barcelona, there is less than 2 million inhabitants. And last year, there was more than 20 million uh, visitors mm-hmm. in Barcelona. So that's a lot. So the problem is the uh, things like Airbnb and not, uh, not arranging it well by the government, the Airbnb. 
for example. No, because I really, I really like Airbnb. I use Airbnb, but it's cool when you can, uh, for example, you have a flat and you have a spare room, or you're going out for uh, two weeks. You leave your flat for two weeks and you rent it for somebody from another country, no, or from another place. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that they are buying whole buildings. Rich people, very rich people, no, they are buying buying whole buildings and they're renting the flats for the tourists. Now the prices, of course, they're they're much higher. So actually, we cannot like people who are living here. We cannot afford to live uh, like in the center, for example. No, so a little bit like well, the gentrification. No, that is happening in every big city now, all around the world. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I love Airbnb too. Um, mm. But I can see what you're saying about like mm. in the classic sense, it was about renting somebody's room or maybe renting an apartment from a private family rather than having like a big corporation come and buy up everything and then pretty much act as a hotel. So, um, so I guess Barcelona is sort of just struggling with creating a plan for responsible tourism. Is that it? Exactly. Exactly. They are doing something like the, um, there are some new laws. So all the Airbnbs, they have to be registered. So actually, this is a good thing. If you're looking for Airbnb in Barcelona, look if they have the number of the, of the, um, the registry number. No. Okay. So you should support actually the, the local uh, local industry. No? So go to the local shops, go to the local bakeries or, or coffee shops. No, the, the ones that they are. Uh, that they are fighting a lot here to to survive. You know, we have Starbucks in in Barcelona. We have mm-hmm. KFC, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but there is so many beautiful places in Barcelona. You know that they exist like more than one hundred years. Let's say I've never been to Barcelona and I'm coming to visit you for a long weekend. What would you say are our must-sees? Okay, so for sure, Sagrada Familia, for sure. This crazy church, um, the, the art, architect was Antoni Gaudi. He was, uh, he was a great architect of the modernist art. And actually, Barcelona is full of the modernist art. Uh, but now the most famous one is Gaudi. He got these crazy, crazy ideas, um, but beautiful ideas, always uh, inspired by the nature, uh, by astronomy, everything like counted and makes sense. No, full of symbolisms, full of legends. And at the end of his life, he he became like very Catholic man. So uh, he started to construct this Sagrada Familia, the 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 great church. That it's like never-ending story when they're they're building it because it's actually they started oh a long time ago. And they're still working on it. Exactly. So they're actually planning to finish it on 2026, on the 100th anniversary of Antoni Gaudi. But let's see. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Can you explain his art a little bit more? Because, yeah, Barcelona is pretty famous for Gaudi. So what is his style exactly? And how did he get all of these commissions to sort of develop the city in his style? Hmm. So this is the modernism art, no? The the modernism, so lots of new ideas. So Gaudi was always, always inspired by the nature. Uh, when he was a kid, he was actually observing a lot, no? Uh, so lots of natural forms, uh, floral uh, motifs, 
uh, everything connected with the nature. He got sponsored by, by wealthy families from Barcelona, yeah, the aristocracy, uh, that they wanted to have their own building or palace. Uh, and they were hiring Gaudi, uh, one of, of the architects uh, from that time, uh, to, uh, to make a project, right? So there was there is lots of uh, houses of Gaudi uh, that they are very famous and they are beautiful and really worth to see like Casa Batio, Casa Mila, uh, Casa Vicens. Now they are all the houses of the rich people that they were designed by Gaudi. Can you tour those now? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. You can get inside and beautiful, beautiful interiors. Really, he was also designing the furniture. Uh, the characteristic thing of him also the, uh, he. He didn't use like the corners. No, everything is like flowing, very natural. Is it very mm. colorful? Uh, not always, not always, but l many, many of the houses or of his art is really colorful. Like Casa Batio is really colorful. Then Casa, the La Pedrera, Casa Mila is really gray from the outside. But then you go to the Parguel, and this is also like must to see for me in Barcelona. Parguel is one of the of the parks in Barcelona. Um, like hidden to the mountain, uh, and that was the that was actually a very nice project uh, that Mr. Guell had. So he wanted to construct some of the gardens for the rich people and the houses for them, and it's really worth to see beautiful views, uh, lots lots of art, lots of symbolism there. Are there hidden gems that you want to tell me about? For sure, I would go to to the bunkers. Because this is like the best, the best uh, spot for the views to Barcelona. They're more in the in the mountains. They're actually the bunkers from the civil war in Barcelona. But the spot is beautiful uh, to see the the uh, the sunset and to meet with your friends, though, or to go with your um, company from traveling and to have, for example, some beers or some wine or some snacks uh, with the greatest, the greatest views. Uh, to Barcelona. So they have some cafes up at the bunkers or No, 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 no. You bring no, your no. Own. This is this is really hidden place. Okay. Really. Like not not so uh well, lots of people go there because it is the best the best place to go for the for the views in Barcelona. But no, no cafeteria, no restaurant there. Okay. So yeah, you should take your your own food. And how do you get there? Uh you can get there by bus. My okay. bus is the, the best option because it's quite up. Uh, so bus is the best option. You can get by metro and then taking the bus or taxi. What are some of our other must-sees? The Montjuic. Montjuic is a whole uh, whole mountain, like a hill uh, on the one side of Barcelona. And there is lots and lots of things to do. Uh, there is the Museum of the National Art of Catalonia, Manac. Beautiful building up the hill with the magic fountains. So these are the fountains in front of the of the Museum of the National Art of Catalonia, Manac. Okay. A, a beautiful palace. Some days, depending on the on the season, but some days they they organize like the uh, the performance of the of the fountain. So they put the colors. Uh, and the fountains they change um, following the music also and the colors. Okay. So it's it's quite nice event. Lots of people they're going there to see it, and that's nice. That's nice. A little that's water really show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and then of course the uh, must see the old town, the old town, the Gothic neighborhood. This is the oldest part of the city, uh, constructed, imagine, 2,000 years ago by the Romans. Wow. And you can still see some of the, some of the ruins from that time, and it's pretty impressive, yeah. 
And then the Boer neighborhood, uh, that is the medieval neighborhood. Beautiful, beautiful medieval architecture from, from that time. And just get lost in these neighborhoods. <laughs> so in the medieval historical neighborhood, are there any specific uh, attractions that we should make sure we see? Uh, in the medieval one, there is a... There is a church that is really nice to see. I love it. It's called Santa Maria del Mar. So it's St. Mary of the Sea. For me, this is one of the the two churches that actually you should see. <laughs> because it's um, uh, it's very characteristic for the Catalan Gothic style. So uh, really, really simple. No, there is not so many decorations, but lots of arches and lots of columns. But it's very bare inside. There is not so many decorations inside. When you go to like medieval church, uh, usually you will meet and you will be overloaded with the decorations, the golden golden decorations, the the fat uh, angels, you know, mm-hmm. from the Baroque time. Uh, but this one doesn't have all of them because that was all burnt in the during the civil war and the dictatorship of Franco. We had a lot of uh, anarchists in Barcelona, so they set a fire in the church, and they uh, so the the fire burned all the decorations that last 11 days. Wow. But right. But thanks to this actually I think we can we can admire more the pure architecture, you know, the contrast between gray walls and the colorful stained glass windows. It's something impressive. From the uh, from the church there is Rambla del Born like Passage del Born. Uh, so this is also a nice place to hang out. What is Las Ramblas? Las Ramblas, this is the most famous street, I think, in Barcelona. That is connecting the port of Barcelona with uh, Plaza Catalunya, so the central part of of Barcelona, I would say. Um, And actually, that was the, uh, in the past, in the medieval times, that was the canal for the Blackwaters outside the walls of Barcelona, okay? But now this is like the, uh, the main and the most touristic street in Barcelona. So, yeah, you can pass by. But so okay, not- so it sounds like you're not a big fan, and I've heard that locals don't spend a lot of time there or on Barcelona's beaches. So where are the locals hanging out instead? Okay, so I would say like every, almost every neighborhood has its own rambla. Let's say, yeah, let's call it like this. So for example, instead of las ramblas. Uh, the main Las Ramblas, I would go to Passage del Born. Or I would go to Rambla de Povleno, you know, the main streets, but in different different neighborhoods. Uh, so for sure I would go to, uh, or La Rambla del Raval even. It's, it's much nicer for me. Yeah, for sure don't eat on Las Ramblas, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you tell us more about those neighborhoods? Hmm. So, Bord neighborhood is really nice to, to walk around. It's uh, the medieval one. This is the medieval neighborhood. Uh, and it's full of the, um, of the small shops, uh, small boutique, uh, uh, some restaurants, bars. Really, really cool neighborhood to hang around, to get lost in the labyrinth of the streets. Uh, that is pretty, pretty cool. Another neighborhood is Gracia. Gracia neighborhood that... You no, know, like 100 years ago, it was still a village. So it still has this very uh, specific atmosphere. No, that's uh, not from like big city. This is actually pretty beautiful in, in Barcelona that even if it's a big city, cosmopolitan city, huge. Uh, but if you go to one or another neighborhood, you can feel like in a small town. 
you know, so like Gracia neighborhood or San Andreu neighborhood, or uh, if you want to go, I don't know, to bars or to um, for tapas, for example, go to San Antonio or Poblesec. Uh, you will always get to Gothic Quarter or to to the board neighborhood, no? Because this is the old city. Is that where that we should tr- stay if we're staying in Barcelona? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's really it's pretty convenient because it's quite close to everything, though. But uh, I think you should stay. Yeah, or in Poblesec or in San Antonio, the neighborhoods that they are farther a little bit from the neighbor from the center. Mm-hmm. But you can really get the, the feeling from from the city, you know, and seeing seeing to like normal people living there, you know, and going for the coffee in the morning or the breakfast breakfast or going to the market. Where do you go when you're in the mood for some culture? Yeah, I love I love theater. Um, the thing sometimes here is that uh, um, the spectacles are in Catalan. And although I can I can speak in Catalan, I can I can communicate in Catalan, but sometimes it's it's difficult to get the culture, you know, the high mm-hmm. culture in Catalan language. But uh, there is, for example, the Teatre Neu in uh, in Gracia Neu that is uh, really nice and have the, the spectacles also in uh, in Spanish or in English sometimes too. What I really really like here is like the alternative culture. I would say, you know, there is lots of like association, associ- cultural association. So they are like the group of people. Like they decided, okay, let's open our um, artistic uh, space, uh, and they organize lots of things. No, do you um, have some favorite ones? I have one that is my favorite that is in the center that is called Rai, R A I, um, and they organize lots, lots of things. Some concerts, uh, um, theater, also uh, circus. They have a bar too uh, with their food. They sell the the food that they make. No, it's. It's pretty nice. And then, well, you can also go to the museums. That's, there is lots, lots of great museums, galleries, art galleries, contemporary art galleries. What are some other museums that you haven't mentioned yet that you think would be nice to go to? Uh, Magba, the Museum of the uh, Contemporary Art that is in, uh, in Raval neighborhood. So very close to the center too. Uh, and they always change the expositions and they're always very interesting. There is also another one that is called Casha Forum. So this is also a very interesting museum. They always change the, the expositions to, uh, they, they invite some artists from, from different countries too. So it's really nice. And if you want to see some local art, like I would go to Joan Miro Gallery in the Montjuic. So for the museums, are there any nights that they're usually open late or that they're free or any special events that happen <clears throat> often? <clears throat> so the Mondays, uh, they're always closed, as they think. So never go to the museum on Monday. It will be closed. Uh, first uh, Sunday, usually first Sunday, uh, it's open. Uh, it's open and free. All the official museums and galleries. Okay. Mm-hmm. First Sunday of the month. And then... Uh, every Sunday from uh, 3 p.m. And it will count like the Museum of National Art of Catalonia, the Museum of Picasso, the Museum of the of Joan Miro, but uh, in the famous uh, museums uh, prepare for the queues. Okay. Always buy the tickets online, and this way you will always keep the line. Okay. And what about the beaches? So I think, are Barcelona's beaches man-made? Uh, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, they were made for the uh, for the Olympic Games in 1992. They were Vitis before, you know, uh, until that time. But there weren't places like to go for Sunday to get some sunbath, no, or to relax. They were much more dirty. There was the there were the fishermen living, working, and there was lots of factories also. But in 1992, everything has changed, and they made the beaches. So yeah, the sand is from Sahara Desert. The the palm trees they are from Egypt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> is that where you go to the beach? Are you a beachgoer? Um, if I don't have time, I go to the I go to Barcelona. If I don't have time, or if I'm very close to the center. Uh, but if I have, for example, a few hours uh, or whole day, uh, yeah, I would go uh, out of Barcelona for sure. So there is, for example, a town uh, that is very close to Barcelona and it's called Badalona. And you can get metro to get there even. Uh, and it's totally different, totally di- different experience. Not so many people, long beaches, uh, much calmer um but still very you can have very nice walk uh, along the beach because there is like a very nice avenue that go um along the beach very nice really accessible uh by by metro um, so that could be an option badalona or, um, or if you want to go farther like mongat mataro garraf there is lots lots of lots of places but then you can you have to get the, the train Okay, let's talk about food, since that's what you do for Detour. I would love to get your insight. So how does Catalan food differ from Spanish food? Catalan food is based on the ingredients, that there are good ingredients. And this is the base of the food, you know, the quality of the ingredients. And then simplicity, I would say. No, there is lots of food that they are connected. We have the sea and the mountains. So we have kind of food that is called like mare montaña, no? so the sea and the mountains. So we got some food from the sea and some food from the from the mountains, like uh, like for example meatballs with uh, with cuttlefish, that you would think, hmm, would it taste good though? But yeah, it is delicious, you know. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of simple foods, uh, sausages. Uh, we have something like. Um, like the fork, fork breakfast, almuerzo de forquilla. So this is uh, this is like the second breakfast that you would have. That would be something heavier and uh, something that you would eat with the fork and your knife. You know, so like sausage with uh, with beans. Beans are very important in in uh, in our uh, cuisine here. I am fascinated by second breakfast culturally. So <laughs> what what are they having for first breakfast and like at what time oh. and when would they have second breakfast? So for the first breakfast something very light. Like you go to work, you pass by any bar and you grab your shot of coffee with uh, with croissant or with toast or things, something very light, no? And then of course after this you need a second breakfast. <laughs> so the second breakfast should be something something heavier that gives you energy until lunch. Lunch is our main meal. So uh, what time is second breakfast? Second breakfast is around ten. So people get to work and then they take a little break for a second breakfast. Yes, there, there are still some companies that they give some like half an hour break for the second breakfast. Okay. Yeah. This is all making sense to me now why Spanish people eat lunch so late, because they're having another meal in between breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think 
Lunchtime is usually around two, is it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, around two. Now we have this siesta time also, still sometimes. So it's three hours break in in your working hours. Um, in Barcelona, not so, so much. But if you go to like small Catalan uh, towns, you, you will see it. Uh, that there is nobody on the street between one and four. <laughs> okay, so they go to work and then they break for siesta and have lunch, yes. go home, and then they go back to work after that. Exactly. And then uh, we finish around eight, nine, right? So that is why also one of the reasons why we have dinner so late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and be prepared for this. Like dinner, we have around nine. Nine, ten is the normal hour. Uh, so if you want to go to the restaurants uh, and have dinner here, like be prepared for this, no? Uh, well, this is a touristic city also, so uh, you can find some restaurants, places that they are open uh, before eight even, uh, but not all of them, not all of them. So make sure, make sure what time they open the kitchen. Right. So yeah, if you want to embrace the real local lifestyle, you have to eat at dinner at like 10 or 11. Oh, yes, yes. With all the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yes, totally, totally. But, you know, our main meal is, is lunch, you know, so the dinners, they're not so, so heavy. Either you can, yeah. Oh, yes. Let's go back to talking about, um, so what foods do we have to try while we're in Barcelona? And if you can give some vegetarian options as well, that would be great. Ooh, vegetarian options. <laughs> in Spain, I know it's hard. <laughs> oh, okay, I know. <laughs> so for vegetarians, we have something like escalivada. Escalivada is the roasted vegetables, but they are beautiful. Uh, roasted pepper and uh, the aubergine, the eggplant, mm-hmm. and some onion on bread, coca bread. We call this like plain bread. Uh, they're really great. And then something that usually we we have here is the bread with tomato, pan con tomate. Uh, so it's because we don't use butter here, no, for bread. So we uh, we actually wrap the tomato on bread. And with some extra virgin olive oil poured on it and some salt. And that's delicious. So I've spent time in Madrid and San Sebastian, mm-hmm. and I pretty much survived. So I'm vegetarian, and I pretty much survived on tortilla, oh. which is like frittata, and then yes. patatas bravas. Is that popular in Barcelona, or is that sure. more popular yeah, in yeah. other you areas? Can, look, no, here they're popular. Imagine like Barcelona is the city that. Uh, Oh, there's so many, so many different cultures. And actually in the uh, in the 50s, there was this big immigration from different parts of Spain, from the south of Spain, from the north, Galicia, Basque Country, Andalusia. So they brought lots of culture here, no? Uh, and the foods. By culture, I mean food too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tortilla de patata, you will always find, always, always. Uh, and you can have it for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, wherever. Patatas bravas, always. <laughs> and then we have the pimientos del padrón. Uh, the peppers, small green peppers. Okay. That they're actually from Galicia, but we also have them here. Some vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So in the 50s, I guess, was industry booming then? And that's why so many people were coming to Barcelona? Exactly, exactly. Lots of factories here, lots of textile factories. So people, they were uh, looking for for work and for money here. Hmm. But thanks to this, fortunately, we actually can get food from from every part of the team. Now, actually, you know, in in Spain, the tapas are very popular, right? And you think like if you eat 
in Spain, you will get tapas. And tapas, they are more from the south of Spain, right? Traditionally, uh, we don't, in Catalonia, we don't do tapas in this way. But as we have so many people from different parts, uh, they're very, very popular here. Cool thing is to go to some bars, though, like choose two or three, and try some tapas from every bar and some drink uh, from every bar. So instead of a pub crawl, it would be like a tapas crawl where you're going yeah, yeah. from one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And it's always fun, you know. It's uh, also like you can try different styles of tapas. What are different tapas that people should try? And also, what are a few tapas bars that we should definitely go to? I think the most typical tapa from Barcelona that is even from Barceloneta so from the from the beach neighborhood uh, that it's called La Bomba and actually I will tell the, I will tell you the story about this uh, yes. this tapa because it's really interesting and I think it makes sense more sense when you when you have it uh, so uh, I told you about the anarchists no, that we had in uh, in Barcelona during the civil war uh, that they set the fire in the, in the church, right? right? So actually they were hiding a lot in Barceloneta because that was the separate part of the city. And they were setting a lot of, throwing a lot of bombs, no? So one lady from one of the bars in Barceloneta, she decided, I will make my own bombs. So uh, la bomba, la bomba is the smashed potato that is uh, rounded shaped, no? It actually looks like bomba, like bomb. Uh, and it's filled with the meat and the spicy sauce. So it explodes with the flavor. Wow. And it's served with the two sauces, uh, alioli and the garlic and olive oil sauce and the tomato sauce. And it's deep fried. Wow. That sounds intense. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> really nice. Actually, um, yeah, it's really, really good. If you go to Barcelona especially, you should have it. You should have it. What else? Yeah. What else should we try? So lots of the lots of the seafood here too. No, like the chipirones, uh, the lots of mussels, um, caracoles, the snails. Is that something you would see at a tapas bar or more at a seafood yeah, restaurant? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, at the tapas bar because like tapas bars, they're also with the with the seafood. You know, in Barcelona, it's like if you depending on what kind of food you want, you will go to one another neighborhood even. So if you want seafood, you will go to Barceloneta. If you want more traditional Catalan food, and this, for example, breakfast, uh, the second breakfast, uh, the fork breakfast, you will go to Gracia neighborhood, which is uh, much more Catalan. Okay. And then in the center, there is a whole cuisine that is mixing the traditional uh, Catalan cuisine with the modern cuisine. And, uh, for example, the influences from Asia. There is a pretty good place in the center. My favorite place for tapas, but you can have beautiful dinner there. And it's my favorite place for dinner. It's called Bar del Pla. And it's actually on the same street as Museum of Picasso. So it's really easy to find. Bar del Pla. Where should we go if we want traditional Catalan food? Traditional Catalan food go to uh, go to Gracia neighborhood for sure. There is there is few restaurants that they serve really Catalan food like uh, lots of the sausages, uh, the esqueixada. Esqueixada is a really nice food for the summer too because it's a salted codfish, uh, but cold one with some vegetables, uh, tomato, onion. Uh, so there is two restaurants in Gracia. One is uh, Cal Boter. And the other one is uh, uh, Yard de Foc. Yard de Foc. All of the names, they are in Catalan, so... Okay. 
Okay. Yes, I, I will try to find these and link to them. <laughs> yeah. And then, for example, one uh, closer to the center in the uh, Barceloneta, there is Cova Fumada. That is also a really nice, really nice place for lunch, for example. Are there any good food markets that we could check out? Oh, yes. And for sure, you should. This is like, this is one of the must to see in Barcelona, uh, Spanish market, Spanish food market, because this is like the window to really uh, get to know the culture, you know, from here. So... Uh, in Barcelona, we have 39 markets. The most famous one is La Boqueria, that is on Las Ramblas, but you can already imagine <laughs> what, what, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful place, uh, great food, but it's very, very touristic too. Now, so if you want to actually visit the Boqueria, go at eight in the morning. Okay. Uh, but if you don't have time at eight in the morning, I would, and I really would go to other markets, uh, like uh, St. Catherine Market, Mercado de Santa Catarina in the Bor neighborhood. This is the one with the colorful rooftop. Okay. Or uh, there is another very nice market that uh, they just got it renovated after nine years of renovation. Can you imagine? Nine years they of renovation. They take their time over there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But during the, during the renovation, they actually found the Roman road. Uh, so they had to stop the, uh, the work. So, yeah. They were and doing excavations. Huge. Exactly, exactly. But it's really worth to see. Uh, what was the name of that one? Uh, this is the market of San Antonio. So you will always find the seafood, the part of the seafood that will be closed always on Mondays. Uh, yeah, because the fishermen, they don't work on Sundays. Okay. The markets in general, all the markets, they will be closed on Sundays too. Okay. Sunday and Monday? Monday, Monday only the part of, uh, of fish. fish. Okay. Yes. But actually, it's my favorite part of the market. So okay. it would be nice to see. <laughs> so they're also selling produce uh, and cheeses and breads and that type of thing? Everything. Everything you can find in the market. And uh, the dry fruits and the, the, the fruits, the vegetables, eggs, uh, special stalls for eggs, for example. You know, it's, it's really crazy. And you can see in these markets, in these very local markets, you can still see like, I don't know, elderly women, they're coming there. Uh, every day to buy their food, you know, and it's very much more like social place than just place for shopping. So go to the market, breathe, smell, enjoy the atmosphere. You can have a coffee always in the market because there is always a bar. And actually, this is a good option uh, to uh, for lunch or for dinner if you don't have time, if you don't know have any idea where to go for for lunch. Uh, restaurant in the market is always a good option because they always have the. Uh, fresh products from the market and the quality of the products is really high in the markets you know it's they because they're really taking care of this and the stores usually in the markets they separate businesses uh, that they are run for generations and you make the relation also with the vendors okay so it's it's beautiful beautiful experience to go to the market really one of the tips if you want to visit the the city market is not a gallery you know so actually it would be nice if you if you buy something in the market right <laughs> tip to be a good tourist pick yeah. something up exactly exactly <laughs> you mentioned that all the markets have cafes how do people usually drink their coffee in mm. barcelona so we have like three types of uh, drinking three styles of drinking coffee. So we have a cafe solo. This is the first one would be. So this is like the espresso, Italian espresso, a shot of coffee, right? Then we have cafe cortado. That is a shot of coffee with a little bit of milk. And then we have cafe con leche. So it's coffee with milk. There is actually more milk than coffee. 
Okay. So depending how charged you want the coffee, you will get one on another. Uh, and there is another actually uh, way of drinking coffee. It's called carajillo. So the carajillo, uh, you can usually see uh, like elderly men having the carajillo. So carajillo is a shot of coffee with some cognac or some whiskey inside, right? Mm. Oh, nice winter <laughs> drink. Wait. Oh, with an extra kick from the morning. <laughs> is there a certain time of day where people meet for coffee or for like a happy hour? Yeah, an hour for a coffee, it's, it's any time. We have another hour. <laughs> that is called uh, Laura de Vermouth. This is the Vermouth Hour. The Vermouth Hour. The no. Vermouth Hour. Tell yes. me. <laughs> this is very cultural thing. So the Vermouth. Vermouth is not martini. Yes. And it's not this drink when you use to, to mix some cocktails. This is, um, this is a white wine, which is fortified. They add some caramel. And there is different ingredients like spices, plants, uh, orange skin, wood, uh, walnuts, whatever. No, so this is very, very specific drink, uh, very sweet. So before lunch or before dinner, we have this Laura de Vermouth, the Vermouth hour. So this is the time when we, uh, when we meet with our friends, with family, and we are having our glass of Vermouth, or Vermouth or beer or something else. But it's called Laura de Vermouth. That sounds lovely. It is. This is my favorite. This is my favorite uh, drink from here, really. Where do you like to go out in the evening? Uh, but for food? Or... No, just <laughs> not for food. Like if you have guests visiting, like where would you take them out for a night a night out? Okay. So I would start with, with the dinner. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> this is actually, I want to say this because, uh, you know, food is a, is a thing here. So. Okay. Uh, yes, <laughs> but like going out, um, oh, there's lots of things to do. Well, if you want to go to the disco, there is always uh, there is always some places to, to dance, no? And div with different kind of music uh, too. I really like some, some places that uh, they're quite cold places, uh, like Ratsmatas in, in Pobledo or Apollo in, in uh, Poblesec. They are like places for, or for concerts or for, for to dance. Okay. Yeah, but that's like typical, typical discotheque. Okay. Not like, we have... So if you prefer like typical discotheque like Pacha, uh, Opium, uh, there is lots of them uh, along the along the sea in the Barceloneta. So we can always go there. Okay. Uh, but if you want like more alternative music or different music because they every day they actually organize something different kind of music, these are also good places to, to go to Apollo or Las Matas. And what time should we show up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So at midnight it will be empty. So still, still empty. So yeah, starting starting at midnight, one one a.m. You can go to to disco to dance. No? And so what are we doing in between dinner and dancing? No, no, no. Like you imagine you you're having your dinner at ten in the evening, right? Okay. So you actually you perfectly finishing or nine ten. You're okay. perfectly finishing just before. <laughs> okay, so we're finishing dinner and then we'll go dance. Yes. Okay. Mm. Great suggestions. Uh, if I wanted to buy something to remember Barcelona, is there a typical product that you would recommend? I'm fan of the useful uh, souvenirs, <laughs> you know. So I would bring, for example, porron, which is a vase, vase to drink wine, like a communal vase. Okay. But there is like lots of 
fun uh, connected with drinking this because you drink from the distance and you pass it from one person to another. So this is actually pretty fun uh, thing. This is a tradition, uh, especially in the cottage, uh, that was like the welcoming vase in the if you go uh, to the house of somebody in the cottage no they will welcome you with the vase of uh, it's called porron with some wine so everyone's <laughs> just <laughs> passing around exactly exactly but it's it's a communal vase so it shouldn't get to your mouth yeah and it's even harder in this way but ah, okay uh, so you're just sort of like tipping it back yeah exactly 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 yeah yeah, yeah. ah what, uh-huh. what do you mean by cottage somebody's like summer house or something or weekend yeah, house? yeah. Okay. exactly 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 okay Do and these you... are actually if you mentioned this there are this uh, specific uh, places there we call them masias uh, so there are the cottage houses um, and now many of them they are um, they transform to the restaurants so actually these are the places outside the city when you can get really traditional catalan uh, food oh very nice yeah, yeah. And but, in the nature, no, in the mountains. So it's it's really nice. If we can t- take a few more minutes, I would love to just do a quick lightning round of your favorite places in Barcelona. Yeah, sure. What's your favorite bakery? So there is one that is uh, in the center, in the um, Barceloneta neighborhood that is called Baluart, on the Baluart Street. Uh, so it's really traditional place uh, that they're baking their bread and the best, the best pastries. I used to live very close and every day, imagine every day I was checking if they have their cheesecake with raspberries. That is mind-blowing, really beautiful. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about coffee shop? Oh, the coffee shop. The coffee shop, there is a place I really like to, uh, to visit. It's really, really tiny, really small, but very close in the center, very close to the main square of uh, Barcelona with the city hall. It's called uh, Bon Mercat in Catalan, of course. Bon Mercat. So actually they roast their own coffee uh, and they have also some orangutans in the jungle. So it's pretty, pretty nice place. Orangutans <laughs> in the jungle, what? Yes. <laughs> so you buy, you buy your coffee and some of the money that you buy from, from the coffee, they, uh, they pass uh, for saving orangutans. Ah, this, okay. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but, but moreover, they have really good coffee there. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? Uh, I sit. We sit usually. You know, like Catalan people, they like to sit. In if you go to Andalusia and to the south of Spain, you you will see that people they standing. No, and they actually they have to use the elbows to make the space. No, mm-hmm. but here we really like to to sit and to enjoy. Do you drink the cortado? Uh, I drink cortado exactly. This is my coffee. Where do you go for lunch? So for lunch, I will go to for. I really like the place, the, the Cova Fumada. Cova Fumada is the place in the in the Barceloneta neighborhood with traditional, traditional food. Really small place, but really, really cool place too. What do you usually order there? Some of the traditional Catalan food. You can have the fideuá, for example, because like, you know, many people, when they come to Barcelona, uh, the first thing that, that it comes to, to their mind to eat is paella. Uh, paella, it's not traditional from Barcelona, it's more from Valencia, which is below Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Here we have, because rice grows there, easy. Uh, but here we have the fideuá. So the fideuá uh, is Catalan version of paella. So this ah. is uh, from uh, vermicelli noodles, 
It's a very, very tiny sauce. And it can be, well, it's always, always with the seafood. And it's made on the paella, so a special pan with two handles. Okay. Um, how about dinner spot? For dinner, for dinner, I would go, for example, to Bar del Pla or to Platillera in the Poble Sec. Barcelona is really open place, no? So really open for, for everyone and for every culture and lots of immigrants from many, many different countries. So actually, if you go to Barcelona, uh, you can have the Catalan food, but also you can have food from any, any other country and they are pretty good. So, and there's this nev- never ending uh, list. Uh, for places to go. In the Bon neighborhood also there is the restaurant Pla or in the Barcelona neighborhoods we will always find the seafood there, right? So there is Can Ramon, uh, this is the very old restaurant or, or Calpapi for example uh, or Can Majo with the views to the sea. Um, there are so many. How about wine or cocktail bar? Uh, if you want to go for wine, I would go to Bodega. And Bodega actually is the, our traditional way to do tapas. Bodega is a winery shop uh, here in Catalonia. So this is a place uh, where traditionally people would go with the empty bottles and they would get uh, filled these bottles with the wine fr- directly from the barrels. Okay. So s- there is still some of the traditional, traditional bodegas in the city. And the one that I really love is the Bodega Maestrasgo. It's in Bourne neighborhood too. So you can actually, you can still get the wine from the barrel. And this is pretty crazy because the, the price is like two euros for, uh, for one liter of wine. Uh, wow. <laughs> it, and it's not, okay, it will be not fancy wine, but it will be like good table wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and then they have lots, thousands of wines from the bottle. Uh, and you can buy a bottle of wine or you can get some wines for glasses. And this is very old place, uh, third generation running uh, business. So beautiful, beautiful place. I'm definitely going there. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Do you have any favorite designer markets or any other sort of uh, artisan shops that you would recommend? Uh, for artisan shops, uh, you can go to Bourne neighborhood and it's full of them. It's like, it's full, full of them. So you, you get lost in, in the labyrinth of the streets and you'll for sure find some of the of the very nice design shops. I like uh, one that this is uh, really, really nice. Uh, and it's also connected with the contemporary art. It was opened by two people from from Galicia, another part of, uh, of Spain. It's called Tui Muizen. Uh, that uh, it actually means uh, in like two rats in the Bourne neighborhood. But in the Bourne, really, you, you walk through the streets and you will find lots, lots of uh, artisan shops uh, and designer shops. And many, many galleries, art galleries with the contemporary art, with the street art too. All street art in Barcelona, it's amazing too. Very cool. Mm. Yeah, well, Barcelona mm. sounds like an amazing art today it is it really is it really is how about um museum what's your favorite museum my favorite museum uh i really like the the museum of the contemporary arts um because there is always something new and i really like contemporary art Mm -hmm. but uh if you want something more classic and something like really from here there is the gallery of the joan miro uh the gallery itself is really nice and the exposition and his art also is, is um, really good. Food or artisan market? 
there is so many uh, markets. There is this market of Encants uh, that is inglorious. It's an opener market. But there is there are the flea markets uh, on the, for example, the Plaza de Blan- Blanqueria. Uh, this is the f- every second Sunday uh, a month. And there is the Palo Alto market that is really famous. Lots of things happening there. But you have to pay the entrance. It's four euros. Actually, you can spend whole day there. And it's uh, every first weekend of the month. How walkable is Barcelona? Do we need public transportation? Hmm. If you don't go to the mountains, like more to the Parguel, as I, uh, the one that I mentioned you, everything is in a walkable distance. So from the beach uh, or from the center, from the Gothic to the Bourne neighborhood, to the beach, to the Champlain neighborhood with Passage de Gracia and the houses of Gaudi, even to Sagrada Familia, you can walk easily. And if we need to take public transport, I think there's something called the Ola Barcelona card. Oh, yeah. There's Ola Barcelona that is pretty convenient also, like Metro, even if you buy the ticket, uh, like 10 ways tickets, it's called T10. So with one ticket, you can use uh, you can use Metro, buses, and it's... Uh, so if you buy a singular ticket, it will cost you more than 2 euros. If you buy 10 ways tickets, it, one ticket will cost you 1 euro. So uh, it's easy. And... Uh, Metro is amazing in Barcelona. You can get everywhere, really easy to use because everything is um, well explained in with colors. Okay, so, does it go from the airport? Uh, the Metro, yes. There is a line, was opened not, not so much time ago, uh, the nine line, and it gets to the, uh, from the airport to the city. Nice and easy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I- it's really, really easy to... Uh, to move around Barcelona, really easy. And I think like a very good way to move around is use bicycle. Okay. I always go by bicycle, so. And do, you, do uh, they have rent. the, okay, sorry, that was exactly what I was gonna ask. Can uh-huh, you? Uh-huh. Bec- uh, yeah, you can rent. There is many, many places that you can rent the bicycle. Um, I think in every part of the city, there is, there will, you will find a, a place where to, where to rent for hours or for days. Are there any cultural tips we should know about Barcelona or Catalan people before we visit? So, like, just be conscious about the Cat- Catalan, uh, about Catalonia and the Catalan language. So, for example, if you uh, if you go to very uh, traditional Catalan place, just it would be nice to say "Bon dia," no, for example, uh, which is uh, "Good morning" in okay. Catalan. Just yeah, just be conscious about this and never say that Catalan is a is a dialect of Spanish. <laughs> how do you how do you say thank you in Catalan? Uh, actually, it's it's quite confusing because uh, well we say gracias, uh, but it's something like Spanish. But uh, also you can hear uh, many times merci. Okay. The, the French. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the tipping culture like? So it's not uh, it's not obligation to give to tip. But if you like the service, if you like the food, if you like anything, so you should tip. Yes, because this is like the, the way to show, oh, I like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really nice. And also some of um, people or in the restaurants or the guides, uh, they work or we work on, on tips too, a little bit. Uh, but it's not like in States. Uh, I would say it's like 10, 10%. Finally, what would you say is the best part about living in Barcelona? 
You know, like uh, first thing that uh, now uh, comes to my mind is the word diversity, and I think it would, it would be this: like Barcelona for for centuries, it was really open city. You know, the, the city that has the the port and it was really important port during the ages. Uh, and it's really open. Lots of opportunities here. So if you come here, uh, just just be open and and flow with the speed of of living here. You know, because it's very different. It's much slower. Very nice. I thought you were going to say the sunshine, because that's what I usually hear from people. <laughs> I would. I could. I could say this. Too obvious. <laughs> Too obvious. I like your answer better. <laughs> Well, this has been a really fun conversation. Um, I have learned a lot about Barcelona, and I cannot wait to visit this year. Uh, let me know. Let me know. Yes, we should hang out. I would love to take one of your tours. Um, where can people find out more about you? So you can find me on the tours uh, with Devour. What is the Devour website, and which tours do you usually do? The website is devourtours.com. And so ask for Polina. Ask for Paulina. You can ask for Paulina. So we we have the Gracia neighborhood tour. We have the uh, taste and tapas tours. Uh, also, it's in the morning, but also the evening ones, like the history tour or the San Antonio tour, which is more like tapas, like a local, um, or the kids tour too. <laughs> oh, as I work tour. with kids, yes. As I work with kids, also like I connected the. the Two of my questions, you know. Barcelona is a really family-friendly city. Well, thank you for chatting with me. And um, yes, if I end up in Barcelona this year, which I'm sure I will, I will look you up. No, really, really, really. You're welcome and it would be beautiful to, to meet you. For a written Barcelona guide based on Polina's fantastic insider tips, head on over to postcardacademy.co. If you so desire, when you're there, you can also sign up for the Postcard Academy newsletter, in which I will share travel essays, guides, and other useful travel info. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Postcard Academy and tell a friend about it. This is the best way to grow the show. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful week wherever you are. Uh, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah, it is really hard. <laughs> okay, so say it in full. Your name is Paulina Grzeszczyk. Paulina Grzeszczyk. Grzeszczyk. Yeah. I'll practice Actually, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've never met anybody who could pronounce it. I'll try it. <laughs> so my, I'm actually of Polish heritage. My last name is Mikatel. Yeah, yeah. Mikutel. So in Poland, you would say Mikutel. Okay, because here, like, nobody ever says Mikatel. And we're, but now I get, maybe it's us who's saying it wrong. Maybe we should be saying Mikutel. I think so. Yeah, if it's Polish and it sounds like Polish, yeah, it should be Mikutel. Okay. Mikutel. I will tell Even my parents accent. that. I'll tell my parents that. Mikutel. Hey, let's continue the conversation. Head on over to my blog on Substack for more content on how to thrive through better communication, stoicism, and global exploration. That is right. Blogging is cool again over on the Substack platform. There you can chat with me in the comments, and I have plenty of bonuses for paid subscribers, or you can just read for free. So click the link in the episode notes to access the Substack Live Without Borders.